overview on what we'll be in for a little bit um, in terms of teaching on a topic. And we're sort of doing a joint thing. Um, uh, you know, I always like to mirror what happens here, happens in Philly, you know, in Delaware, because we're, we're just, we're, we're one. We really are one. I'm so glad that you guys have grace, gracefully received Pam and I. Um, to just lead since March we've been leading, but I bring everything that God's called me to do um, to this house so we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, and I'm really glad a, a couple weeks ago, or about a week ago, um, I, I, Pam threw me a, 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 a party. She wanted to do me, throw me a 60th party, and so a lot of people came, and, and many from, from High Street and um, and it was just a beautiful picture of just God's grace flowing and flowing in family and even across state lines, Philadelphia and New Jersey coming together. And, um, and there, there um, was a, a picture that we've been really talking about for a minute. And that picture really has to do with um, what happens when God blesses and walks through the lives of others. And so we've been using, um, using in Philadelphia, and Pam started last week sharing lessons that we can learn from the life of Joseph. And so we're going to have about 10 lessons that he learned, you know, the, you know, how, how did he handle pride? You know, how did he handle when, you know, he got promoted? How did he handle when he was in prison and in the pit? How did he handle how did he handle when it was when it was time to to walk in the calling that God put on his life? But something I want to share today has to do with really a, a global picture of it. We're going to be breaking down Joseph's character because no matter what God's called you to do, character must be formed. You got to get the character piece down. And there are things that God is always talking to us about. He's always teaching us. So. Um, I want to give today just a picture of what's the ultimate. What's the ultimate to it? What's the ultimate to what God wanted Joseph to do? And if we're looking at lessons using Joseph as a model, how is he getting us to learn what he wants to do to us and through us? And I, I remember years ago, Pam and I, when we first, we first, um, when we first started um, together, we actually joined the church. Um, that, you know, I've oversaw for years at Christ Community. It used to be called West Park at the time. It was in the West Park section of Philadelphia. And, um, and uh, we joined the church the same day. Didn't even know each other. Just stood up front, and I looked over, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know I was supposed to have my mind on Jesus, right? You come to the altar. <laughs> And so um, that was 40 years ago, um, 19, 1983, 1983 in, in, uh, in May. And a year later, we, uh, we started dating. And, um, and I remember us going through classes and learning things together, you know, learning about um, Abraham ever, never did go through with him sacrificing him. That was reserved for God the Father. Um, but there are so many pictures in the, uh, in the Old Testament. Joseph is a type of Christ. It's a type of Christ. And we, we really want to walk through that journey and see 
that side of it and of him. And so um, I told you there's a, a couple things that we want to do today. Uh, I want to I do something right now and then point pictures back to it later on as we talk about the reason, the reason for what God's called us to. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. Can we put that passage of scripture up for me? Jeremiah chapter 29. Um, Pastor Pam bought this out last week. And I want you to look at this and I want you to have in your heart this passage of scripture talking about you, but also talking about what he's calling to happen through you. Sometimes we look at this and we just think about me, my stuff, me. It's about me. It's about me. But there's more. There's so much more. And before we read this picture, so I'm going to give you that, that series title again, Lessons, Lessons with the Life of Joseph. Learning Lessons Through the Life of Joseph. And what we want to see today is a, a focus called Beautiful Feet. Everybody say that. Say beautiful feet. Look at somebody and say, you have beautiful feet. Now, sometimes you could have, there was a period of time where I was trying to get into these sneakers and the sneakers are too small. Anybody ever try and put shoes on that are too small? And you get these little things on the edge of your toes. I won't go deep into the description. Um... But the Bible talks about those who have beautiful feet. Um, let's look at Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, on the count of three, let's all read it together. One, two, three. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. You look at the life of Joseph, and we're going we're gonna to really pull, pull things out of that story in the book of Genesis and... Um, it's amazing pictures of, of this guy, but when he was young, God gave him a dream. Gave him a dream, and uh, when he looked at the dream, you know, I, I don't want to go deep into the character piece of it, uh, because there were some, some pride issues in him uh, that he had to get worked out. Um, and there were things that he learned all throughout the journey, and they're all helpful for us. But... This dream, he said, I saw mom and dad and all the brothers, everybody was bowing down and worshiping me. He's like, what in the world? And it was okay when, when, um, when his dad, when his dad um, saw that, okay, you know, your brothers, I get that. But when he said that mom and dad was also bowing down, like, took him back a little bit. He's like, yo, I don't know, you're going too far. Um, but God's plan ultimately wasn't this dream, this plan for Joseph. God had a bigger plan. He had a greater plan. 
We have to understand that God's got plans for our lives. I want you to look at another passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture is in the book of Psalm. Psalms chapter 105. Psalm chapter 105. Look at what it says about Joseph. Verse 17, I'll read 17 to 19. It says, Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams the lord tested joseph's character all right so there are things that god it's god's job to fulfill the dream and he uses you to do it but all throughout the process he's testing character he's testing character you know um Put your hand on your chest and say these words. Search me, O Lord. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there's anything in me that's not in alignment with you. Remove it and lead me in the path everlasting. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. When we talk next week, we're going to get a little, a little specific on Joseph's character, and we're going to talk about pride. Um, you can never talk about pride too much. You can't. You, you, always, <laughs> you always have to be on guard. I was in a staff meeting the other day. Excuse me. I was in a staff meeting the other day, and... In the beginning, um, one, of the, one of the people in the meeting with me, um, they were opening it up for prayer. And they said, hey, guys, um, first thing, let's just, uh, being transparent and tender and open and vulnerable, just say, what do you want us to pray for? What do you, what's God teaching you and what do you, want, what do you want him to do in your life? And so people were going around. And I'll be real honest with you, because of what happened to me recently, I, Pam had this party for me, and the party is like, you know, hundreds, hundreds of people, and people are just getting up and saying all these wonderful things about me. And they asked me on, on Tuesday, they said, so what, Pastor, what do you want us to pray for? I said, you need to pray that I walk in humility and that I hear God's voice when it comes to pride. You can never have, because... This flesh, and it always wants to be boss. It always wants to, to climb higher. It always wants to be noticed and recognized. Like that guy in, uh, in uh, Aladdin. Anybody ever see the Disney movie Aladdin? You see where I get my sermon notes. <laughs> Aladdin. And the bad guy in Aladdin, his name is Jafar. And I remember this this. this one quote he said, tell me more about myself. <laughs> and there are times, I'll be honest with you, there are times when it's okay. I mean, there are the, it was the five love languages, you know, um, words of affirmation, physical touch, 
um, acts of service, um, receiving gifts, and quality time. And God wired us for certain things. You know, there are times when, when Pam and I are, are sitting together and I'm fishing. I'm, I'm fishing. So what do you think? I'm just fishing. Do you like it? Just, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, does this look okay? You know? And we need the combination of working on pride, but also being valued to the things that God's calling us to do. It's a balance. And it's a balance that has to take place in community. And in a church, in a church environment, this ecclesia, this ecclesia, this government agency says at least two or three gather together, you bring the emperor's plan. Jesus said, I'm, I'm, um, I only say what I hear the Father say and I only do what I see the Father do. I, it's always. He, what does he say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So he says, if, if at least two or three of you would gather together in agreement, you can bring heaven's opinion. And whatever heaven binds up, you can bind it up here. You can bring it here. Whatever heaven releases, you can bring that same culture here. We don't have to make up our own ideas and say something new and move into a place of just getting what we want, name it, claim it, you know, frame it, hang it. You know, it's not that. We're talking about trying to bring God's kingdom here. And when we do that, we can do some extraordinary things for him. But in this ecclesia, we need to acknowledge you are moving in the kingdom. You are doing, God's dream is being fulfilled, not just for you, but through you. That's why we took time this morning to honor the worship team. That's why you guys blessed Nazir. That, that's why. Not trying to pump them up, not trying to pump him up. It's just giving honor because they're doing things for the king. And so it has to be that tension of, I want to honor you, but not give you a big head. We want to build your heart, not your head. Does that make sense? Wave at me if that made sense, okay? So as we go through this, we have to realize, yes, God's calling you to do some things. And it's going to look like sometimes, wow, who do you think you are? Well, they thought that about Jesus. Anointed. Man, you're Joseph's boy. You live around the corner. I know your cousin. But Jesus is like, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, man, this, this thing just, it hits my heart in such a real way. Because God wants to touch Burlington, New Jersey. Hamilton, New Jersey. Cherry Hill, New Jersey. He wants to touch all of the counties. But he needs people to do it. Sometimes in a church, you see a pastor. He says, oh, pastor, love that word you gave. Oh, pastor, oh, man. It was as though God was speaking directly. Oh, pastor, this person wants to come to Jesus. Well, okay. And that pastor always has to make sure that he is walking humbly before the Lord. Why? Because God resists the proud. I heard one translation. It says, he gives grace to the humble but when it comes to the proud, he keeps his distance. Ooh, I, I don't want him to keep his distance from me. 
One of my favorite hymns is this hymn that says, I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to you, I need you. I can't afford for him to keep his distance from me. Yet at the same time, my humility says, God, if you put something in my life, I'm going to say you've called me to touch people's lives. Do you see the tension there? And that's why we have to stay. Paul put it this way. He says, I die daily. Yet, he says, the Lord has given me a message, and I will preach it boldly. So that's the practical side of what God wants to do. Everybody in the street can't get in here, but everybody in here can get in the street. When I talk about the street, I'm just talking about everywhere you go. And so my goal in this that I've, I've received from the Lord, and we, I do this everywhere we go, everywhere we go, is to make sure that people see what others are doing in the kingdom. And you're going to hear about some people this morning that are doing things. Are they in church? Nope. Are they running around with a track or a bullhorn? Remember when I was a little boy, I told you before, my dad led me to Jesus and me and my brothers every Saturday morning, we put speakers on the car and we drive through neighborhoods in Philadelphia and he would preach the gospel. He'd be driving in the car in the station wagon and he had a microphone and there he is telling people about Jesus. Well, God's not calling every one of us to do that. Today you're going to hear some practical things about how God moves and even for you, you need to know that God can move through you. Is it to build your head? Nope, it's to build your heart. It's to build your heart. It's to build your heart. When Denise was up there singing, God was flowing through her voice. When Jalen was up there playing the guitar, that girl was getting it in. Here she is, 16 years old, 17 year old, 16 years old. And letting God work through her. So I, need, I just need you to get this now. Because we're not talking about the pride that says, and my chest is sticking out. No, we're, we're talking about accepting the call of God on my life and understanding that I may not be working behind a desk here. I may be working in a hallway. I may be working in a grocery store. I may be working in a bank. I may be working in my family. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so when we talk about Joseph, let's, let's let that character get developed in us, but also remember we're talking about him being a type of Christ. So what's the end result? What was he called to do? If the dream was there, what was it for? It's always going to bring about a great deliverance for others. So I want you to... I want you to um, to honor, in that context, I want you to honor some individuals with me, all right? I want you to honor some individuals. And I've got five people that are here that I'm going to honor. And the first one, I'm looking for my stuff. Did I lose it? I probably put it somewhere. There we go. The first person that, first person I want to honor is, it's a sister, and her name is 
Linda Craddock. Can you guys honor Linda Craddock? Listen, listen to this. Um, Linda, Linda is a member here at our church. Oh, look at that picture. Oh, look at that. <laughs> um, so Linda wrote a book. This is Linda's book. And you're going to get a chance to see her and talk to her today about this book. The name of the book is I Walked a Mile by Linda Craddock. Listen to what it says about the author. It says, inspired by her interest in computers, Linda Craddock functioned in the capacity of systems administrator and achieved a Microsoft certification to manage corporate back-end servers and applications relevant to the company's, uh-oh, uh-oh, companies, there we go, thank you, to the company's workflow. She was no longer a member of the USAF along she was also, I'm sorry, a member of the USAF, along with law enforcement. She also worked with seniors as case manager, assisting with job training, placement, as well as securing employment for qualified participants. Listen to this that it says about the book. I Walked a Mile is Melody Harper's testimony and true assessment of that truth as she shares her journey through joy, tragedy, pain and triumph as she, as she passes through the seasons of her life, seasons of light where peace reigns and the comforts endured are, are in abundance, excuse me, seasons of darkness where trials and tribulations are at hand to challenge her faith and demonstrate our weaknesses and our strength. Melanie came to know that the only path, only one path could lead to such deep understanding of the correct way, which while sometimes painful and overwhelming, will lead to victory over the emotional roller coaster ride as she matures in her mind, heart, and soul. And that is faith in her savior. This is, this is a kingdom book that God has placed in this woman's heart, while she may not be behind a podium, she is changing lives as a Joseph and a dream that God put in her heart. And so stand up for a moment, Linda. We just, oh, we honor you. We love you so, so, so much. And we, we bless you today as a kingdom ambassador and what God is working through you. He says, I know the plans I have for you and they're to bring about a future and a hope for many. So we bless you and we bless this book. One more, love on her, love on her. The next person that I wanna talk about is Dr. Donette Jones. Dr. Donette Jones. Where's Donette? Oh, there she is. There she is. And there's another beautiful picture up there. Man, I love our media. Our media people, they know how to get it right. They know how to get it right. Listen to, listen to this about Donette. Donette Jones, doctor of psychology. The guiding compass. Finding your way through the tunnel of mental health. It was, she was established to educate, guide, and bring awareness to mental 
health. Excuse me. Our goals are to talk about the unspeakable and stand as a guiding compass to mental health, in addition to the stigma and all other issues surrounding mental health. In this book, she says, I pray that this book will help and encourage you to get better understanding of a healthy mind and a positive attitude towards your mental health. And I've got this here, and then I've got another book here, Seated, <laughs> seated at the Table. Seated at the Table. Oh, my goodness. And both of these books have been written by our wonderful Dr. Donette Jones. And she is also a kingdom ambassador that just like it says in, in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. And they're to bring about a future and a hope where many lives will be changed through you. We bless you today and we want you to know all of High Street is behind you as you advance kingdom outside of the local church. Love on her one more time. Both of these amazing writers and authors, um, they have their books with them, and they'll also show you where you can get their books. They'll, you'll be able to meet them right after service in the lobby, in the lobby area. The next person that we want to talk about today, very quiet, very quiet. All of these ladies just low-key, low man, low-key, low-key. I want to, uh, we want to honor Julie Giuliano. Julie Giuliano. Oh, man, another wonderful picture. Let's go media. Let's go media. You know, uh, Julie serves in the educational system, and you're going to hear so many that are members here at High Street that serve in the educational system. And it's so important for heaven to be present there as our little ones, our, our, our small ones, also the intermediate and our high school students' lives need to be changed, and they may never come into this building. But Julie meets them where they are. Listen to something that happened as she moved into another segment of promotion. Julie Giuliano <clears throat> received this from the city of Burlington Public Schools. This is what it says. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with the utmost pride and admiration that we honor Mrs. She's married, Julie Giuliano as the educational assistant of the year at Burlington High School. Oh, man. Let's go. Mrs. Giuliano's unwavering dedication to our students and staff is nothing short of inspiring. Her genuine, hang on, hang on, hang on. Her genuine and compassionate approach with students creates an atmosphere of trust and growth, allowing each individual to flourish. Her collaborative spirit extends to her interactions with the staff, fostering a sense of unity that elevates our school's mission. 
Mrs. Giuliano's contributions have undoubtedly played a pivotal role in the remarkable growth of our school community. She embodies the very essence of what it means. She embodies the very essence of what it means to be an asset, touching lives of students and colleagues alike. Congratulations, Mrs. Julie Giuliano, for this well-deserved recognition. Ah, ah. And we say to you, we say to you today, Julie, that we are a billion percent behind you. We release you as a kingdom ambassador into the school system. And just like the Father says, I know the plans that I have towards you to give a future and a hope and an expected end. God flows through you to touch the lives of others. And while you may not stand behind this podium, you are in the schools changing the climate by bringing heaven there. We bless you and we love you. Give it up one more time. One more time. Woo. Man, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. All right, I've got one last one, and then, and then we, will, we will be done. Let's see, did I get this? All right, so listen to this. The person that I would love for you all to, to honor, where's he at? Oh, there he is up top. You guys turn around and love on Deacon Javier Ortiz. I want, you to, I want you to listen, listen to what has been recently said. Oh, there's that picture again. Oh, man, you made yourself look good, brother. That looks, that's a good-looking picture. <laughs> oh, man. Javier Ortiz, school resource officer. SRO Javier Ortiz began as an EMT on a volunteer first aid squad from 1991 to 2000 in South Brunswick. He eventually became paid EMT for the communities of Monroe Township, Jamesburg, East Windsor, and New Brunswick. In 1994, he became a public safety communications officer for Princeton Borough Police Department, where his duties included 911 dispatching police, fire, EMS, as well as parking enforcement. In 2000, he moved to Burlington and was hired, and was hired by the Burlington Township Police Department. In 2005, as the community's first Spanish-speaking Latino police officer, SRO Ortiz was in patrol and served on the Traffic Safety Unit, EMT Unit, Community Resource Unit, and retired as the SRO assigned to the middle school at Springside in 2019. SRO Ortiz is married and has two children, and in 2020, he was hired by the Burlington, Police, Burlington City Police Department as the SRO for Burlington City High School and looks forward to serving the parents, students, and faculty of Burlington County High School. His personal message is, do to others as you would like them to do to you. Oh. 
And so, and so, Deacon Javier, we love you so much. And we are so grateful that the Father has you in these dark areas where crime, sickness and disease, confusion happens, and you bring light and light from heaven. We consider you a kingdom ambassador, and all of High Street worship is behind you as you are doing kingdom work outside the local church. And as it says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, the Father says to you even this day, I know the plans that I have towards you. They're plans for not for disaster and not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope and a hope for those of the lives that you will touch beyond you. So will you all put your hands together and bless this kingdom ambassador. We love you, dude. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, picture, the picture here is that um, each one of you, each one of you goes through this because each one of you are valuable. It's not to build your head. It's to build your heart because God wants to bring about a great deliverance. Joseph went through a lot of things. And when he did, got to the end of his life, and I want you guys to, to see this passage of Scripture this is found in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. You guys put that on the screen, and, and you guys write this passage down for yourself. Look what it says here. This is Joseph at the end of his life. He says, soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God surely will come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give Abraham, to Isaac, and to, his, and to Jacob. And as you know, Jacob is his dad. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath. And he said, when God comes to help you and lead you back, <laughs> you must take my bones with you. Now, here's the prophetic picture. When the children of Israel were delivered by another kingdom ambassador, Moses, Joseph's bones were taken out as well. But the bones piece really has to do with how beautiful his feet were. How beautiful his feet were. I look at a I look at a Linda and I think, your feet are beautiful. Donette, your feet are beautiful. <laughs> she said, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Julie, your feet are beautiful. Javier, your feet are beautiful. See, we're not in the Old Testament. So remember, we've talked about Samuel in the past. We talked about David in the past, Moses. Jesus is the redeeming answer. So we don't look at things through the lens of the Old Testament. We look at things through the lens of the cross. So now, 
as we wrap this up, let's, let's look at the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10, verse 4. And I'll tell you what happens every day, directly or indirectly, through Donette, through Linda, through Julie, through Javier, and through all of you. And I continue to say that this, what we've done this morning, we're going to go through the entire congregation. I started this a few years ago over in Philadelphia, and the goal is to go through the entire congregation. On October the 8th, I'll be in Philadelphia, and we will have 30 people that we're going to commission as kingdom ambassadors, just like we did for Julie, just like we did for Donette, just like we did for Linda, just like we did for Javier, because God is not interested in just having a pastor up here. The pastor's role is to equip you to do things outside of the local church. And too often, too often, we turn those who stand behind this podium into celebrities. And I'm not saying this to knock people. Don't look online and think, yup, that's a celebrity, yup, that's what Pastor Terry's talking about. No, 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 don't get it like that. Because we can only learn based on the revelation. We can only live out based on the revelation that we've learned. And that's why we have to shift, shift. That there is to be an honor for those who are working outside of the local church. The local church is important. And we need people like, you know, like Michael, who serves so faithfully, not just here as a deacon, but he also serves on the board here. Look in the back and honor Michael Dixon. We love you, man. You are, oh my gosh. We need people in the local house that serves like Deacon Isaac. Deacon Isaac, my goodness, he serves faithfully, teaching every Sunday morning. He, too, is a member of the board. We need people in the house to serve. So the church is important. But we're only here a couple hours. We're only here a couple hours. I want you guys to look at somebody. Uh, uh, hey, Dave, get Jack to come back in here real quick. Come here, Jack. Real fast, Jack! Everybody scream Jack. Jack! He's like, what are y'all doing? So this is Jack. You know, do you realize that Jack is the one um, with his degree and, and uh, uh, <laughs> graphic design, and he's the one that puts up all of the messages on the screen so that people are driving by all throughout the week when we're not here and kingdom is being advanced. See, a lot happens here, but it's not just here. Now I'm gonna push him and you love on him as he leaves. Get out of here, man. <laughs> but, li but listen to this now. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Look at Romans chapter 10 and start at verse 4. It says, for Christ has already accomplished 
the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is, your, it is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is very, and that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is only by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are all the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Follow this. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Linda is being sent. Donette is being sent. Julie is being sent. Javier is being sent. That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. I like to see ourselves as not a cruise ship, but we are lifeboats. Can I say that again? I heard a ooh over here. I, I've got about 20 friends, Pam and I, we got about 20 friends, who this morning, around 8 o'clock, they traveled up to, uh, to North Jersey or New York and to uh, get on a cruise. <laughs> and they're going to be gone for a week. And there's nothing wrong with that. Take your cruise, enjoy vacation, but realize in the kingdom, God's not sending out cruise ships. He's sending out lifeboats. You guys ever see the movie Titanic? You remember when the ship finally did go down? They sent the lifeboats out. But the lifeboats only had a few, even though you could get so many more. The reports say that thousands could have been saved if the lifeboats would have turned around and gone back. I was watching Titanic and they were all just splashing in the water. 
people looking to be saved, just splashing around. Let me show you a picture real quick of what the response was. Why don't you guys put that up for them? You lower the lights. You don't understand. If we go back, they'll swamp the boat. They'll pull us right down, I'm telling you. Knock it off. You're scaring me. Come on, girls. Grab an oar. Let's go. Are you out of your mind? We're in the middle of the North Atlantic. Now, do you people want to live or do you want to die? I don't understand a one of you. What's the matter with you? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more. Now bring in your oars over there and tie these two boats together as well. Now make sure that's tied up nice and tight. Right, listen to me, man. We have to go back. I want to transfer all the women from this boat into that boat right now, as quick as you can, please. Let's create some space over there. Move forward. Oh, Pastor Terry, why'd you, why'd you put that up? Because we got to go back. There are people who God wants to rescue just like he rescued you. I'm a product of my mom and dad going back. Because sometimes it's in education, and sometimes it's in healthcare. Wonderful. Julie's and, and uh, Dino's daughter, Andanina, she serves at. Children's Hospital. She serves the parents of these little babies. Little babies. People are at their most vulnerable time and they need hope and light. And here she has a chance to change the climate and bring the very life of God. That's going back. But no matter where you are, whether you're writing books, whether you're dealing with mental health, and that's an issue, man. I bless you so much for what you do because there are those who have that stigma that they don't think the way everybody else thinks, and we pass them by. Thank you for going back as a kingdom ambassador and blessing them. You know, a little while Right after we close here, um, one, of our, one of our newest young adults here, her name is Amber Castillo. Where's Amber? There's Amber. Stand up, Amber. Just let them love on you. Where's Amber? You know, Amber has a, uh, has a one-year-old little baby girl. And she went back.
because she got to a place, she realized, this is my daughter, just like Hannah. She said, I want to give, I want to give her back to God. She stood right up here and said, I want to dedicate my child to God. That's going The light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And it was my dad and it was my mom who said, bless my son. They didn't know I was going to end up being a pastor. They didn't know I was going to do big things. But I don't have to be doing this. I could be working at the post office, which I worked at for years, or I could be a teller at a bank, which I worked at for years but still going back. I bless this young woman. Today, she's going to feed the whole congregation a piece of cake because today is her daughter's one-year birthday. <laughs> and she said, she's, she said, I want to have a little birthday celebration in the church for my baby girl who's coming up in an environment where somebody went back for her. See, we got to go back. we got to go back. If you get a chance to look at the Titanic, look at the scene before this, and you see just so many dying in the water. God's not calling us to be a cruise ship. He's calling us to be a lifeboat. And we must go back. So bow your heads where you are. Oh, Father God, you've been so good to us been so good to us. You've saved us. You've changed us. You've rescued us. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Christ, our Savior. So many were led out of Egypt and rescued. Lord, you, you rescued me. You rescued my family. You, you rescued me. And we ask you, just help us to remember at all times, whatever way you want to work through us, supermarket, movie theater, on the street we live on, oh, man. Help us to be sensitive and go back. And we know, Lord, when they get in the boat, their mess gets in the boat. Their stuff gets in the boat. Lord, you can save them from their mess and their stuff just like you saved us from our mess and our stuff. We appreciate the beauty of salvation. We appreciate the beauty of, of what you've done, Lord, in our lives. We appreciate how you've blessed us. And as Pam said earlier, you've given us your economy on how to have our needs met and our bodies healed. Father, you've also called us to go back. They can't hear unless someone goes. 
And so we ask you, old and young, male or female, no matter what ethnicity we are, we pray for a hunger to learn and develop, to have the character, not of Joseph, but the character of Jesus. One that's filled with love, humility, peace, grace. Oh, Father, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, self-control. And then send us back. Send us back. But, Father, we ask you to send us together and the value of what happens when we do things together. So we pray that you bless this house. This is a house of hope. It's been a house of refuge. It is a house that for years, from its inception, is filled with the love and the grace that comes from heaven. Help us to take that spirit and to go back and to rescue others. And we ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus. For anybody that's here or anybody that's watching online, if, if you want to be saved, if you want to be rescued by a loving Father, all you have to do is with everything in you, believe that he loves you. Believe that he sent Jesus to die for you. Believe that Jesus was raised up from the dead for you. If you call on his name, he will save you in an instant. And then, welcomed into his family, he'll use you to go back and to tell others of his goodness. Tell others of his goodness. Why don't you all stand to your feet for a moment? Hmm? Oh, sure. All right. Quickly now, quickly. I just want to say that a lot of times when we're called to do stuff, we fear of what people on the outside will say. And we don't answer. But I used to say, God, why you give me jobs I don't apply for? So then I had to sh shut up and say, wait a minute, I'm giving you the tools that you need to complete the job that I'm assigning to you. A couple weeks ago, I was away on vacation, and I got an email alert. And this email alert was someone who went through my website on Facebook. Whenever anyone, any interaction with my website, they give me an email, an alert, because I have to. Uh, it was someone reaching out for help. I was on vacation. But I was obedient. I stepped aside. I responded to the email. And come to find out this lady was at this close to taking her life. But at that moment, God used me. Vacation or not, I was doing his work. I stayed in touch with that lady. She has had enough. She was someone who everyone expected to do for them because she's been doing it. She never took the time for herself. She also has kids that are artistic, has different mental illnesses that they're not even her kids, but she's taking care of them. So she was full 
I don't know the lady. I never met the lady, but we correspond through email and telephone. She sent me the picture of the bottle with all the pills and the water in her hand. She said, I've had enough. I started praying with her and working with her. Today, she's good. She, she flushed those pills down the toilet. I keep up with her once a week, and she said to me, but I don't have any money to pay you. I said, God is already blessing me. So I just want to say, when you're called, no matter what it is, it might not be something you want to do, but answer your call, because you never know when that one call could have saved someone's life. Oh, man. So why don't we stand to our feet? I, um, I want you, when you leave, make sure you take a communion cup. Take a communion cup when you leave. Take a communion cup when you leave. And for your brother or your sister, your mom or dad, son or daughter, and say, Pastor, nobody lives with me, then call a fellow believer and have a time of remembering what happened when Jesus went back for you. Because that's what he did. It's almost like Liam Neeson in the, in the movie, Taken. And he told his daughter, I will come for you. <laughs> I will come for you. So as you walk up and down your street where you live, as you go in and out of your job, say, Lord, help me to come back for these as you came back for me. Put your hand on somebody. Just touch them. Look at them in their eye and say, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, man. So look, say, say this. Say, Father, thank you for my friend. Use them in transforming ways this week to bring your love, your life, healing, and wholeness in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May, be, may he be gracious to you and give you peace of every kind in Jesus' name. Amen. That person that you put your hand on.